0: Good afternoon, folks. It's that time again. Time for the Elvin in the Room here on WJAS 1320 AM and Talk FM 99.1. Folks, this is your host, Sam DeMarco. I'm here joined in studio today, again, as usual, My trusty executive director, John Snyder, best executive director in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Thanks, Sam. I'm also joined here with Dandy Daryl Grandy. Dazzling Daryl, Dandy Daryl, yeah, there's not enough uh, good things to, with which to describe him. But Daryl is the man that makes all the magic happen and gets what we talk about here to you on the airwaves and also to our podcast, which is available on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon. So, folks, I am so excited this week to talk to you folks because we're joined in studio today by candidate for Allegheny County Executive Joe
1: Rocky. Joe, welcome to the show. Sam, thanks for having me, and uh, it's great to be back on your show and to have a chance to talk to the the people of Allegheny County about what's going on in
0: the Allegheny County executive race. Well, I'll tell you, we are excited, and we're happy to have you here because, you know, I think folks are starting to recognize that there's a real race here. It's not like in the past, you know, where a Democrat you know, would win a primary election and then basically it was over and they just, you know, took and hibernated until november there's a real race here and there's a real buzz about you and your campaign now i know you've been all over the county this week tell us what you've been up to so we really have we've been all over the county for or quite a bit of time i tell people
1: uh, you know i've now crossed twenty thousand miles on my vehicle uh as part of this campaign effort so we are we are really trying to be everywhere uh you know, to talk to everybody and listen to the people of Allegheny County about what their concerns are, what the problems are, what they want the County executive to attack when they get in office. And, and we're, we're coming prepared to do that. But just this week, I've been in Pine. I've been in Upper St. Clair. Uh, I, I was out at it, uh, uh, excuse me, out in uh Robinson town town center. Mm-hmm. I've talking to people on the North side. I was uh, interviewed by WPXI uh, and, you know, equally as exciting, we issued our jobs renaissance plan, a six-point plan to bring back jobs to Allegheny County and to really get the economy rolling.
0: Well, you know, that that was a big event that you held on Thursday. I know there were a lot of folks down there. It was with the old Jones and Lachlan Steel site where you laid out uh, what your plan was going to be. You talked about that. For our listeners who may have not been able to see the highlights on the evening news or read about it in the Post-Gazette of the Trip, do you want to explain to the folks here what that plan is and why you believe that that's the plan to help revitalize Allegheny County, to bring more jobs and investment to this region, and to provide jobs for our children and our grandchildren so that they don't move away when they get out of school? So Sam,
1: I, you know, it starts with setting the stage of where we are right now in Allegheny County, and and sadly, we're not in a great place. Uh, we've lost fifty thousand jobs in the last five years. That was through two thousand and twenty-two, and arguably, there's no indication that two thousand and twenty-three is going to be any better. That is the most job loss by any county in Pennsylvania. In fact, it's more job loss than any county in Ohio, and so you you just can't have a vibrant economy losing 50,000 jobs in five years. Uh, that is just a staggering number. So we've come forward with a a six-part plan to grow good jobs for Allegheny County, the kind of jobs that have, you know, pay that will allow someone to raise their family. And it starts with capitalizing on the the national shift of onshoring that is occurring as a result of the pandemic. Many companies have looked at their supply chain. They got trapped during the pandemic. Uh, they couldn't get their product here, so they couldn't make their finished product in the United States. And so they are bringing their, their supply chain back, and they're bringing back the most critical components of their supply chain. Uh, You know, the the most technologically advanced, the pieces of their supply chain that are the strategic advantage to their product. And so these are great jobs that are coming back Mm -hmm. to the United States. Unfortunately, Allegheny County is not participating in this renaissance that's going on, and that's what we need to change. This onshoring is actually supported by some federal government programs. The CHIP Act and the Inflation Reduction Act both have put significant money in the hands of doing things in the United States, making things in the United States. And I'll just give you two quick factoids. The first is, since the CHIP Act was signed, as of June, $220 billion of private investment has been announced to make chips in the United States. $220 billion, that's a staggering number. And then the in- Inflation Reduction Act, which just crossed its one-year anniversary about two weeks ago, Bank of America reported there was $125 billion of that that has been deployed. Now, mind you, it's a a bill that goes to a trillion dollars and more, but $125 billion has been deployed, creating 86,000 jobs in the country. Sadly, Allegheny County, again, is not participating in this. If I can just go on a little sidebar story that I was told. There is a new chip plant going in in Syracuse, New York. And the company that's putting the chip plant in, it's going to employ 8,000 people, by the way, has come into the community and said, you are going to have the most exceptional school district in all of New York after we arrive. Because we are going to make the investments because our employees' children will be going to that school district. That's what we want in western Pennsylvania. Imagine a company coming here, creating 8,000 jobs and committing to the community the way that company has committed to the community. That's what we have to go get. And by the way, that's just
0: one item of a six-item point. Mm-hmm. So let me turn it back to you for just a second. No, I think that's awesome. And I think, I think that should tell our listeners and anybody else that's concerned, they talk about companies and they think that companies are greedy and they're all in it for profit and things like that. And yes, everybody, everybody out there, folks, uh, they operate in their own self-interest, but this is something where interests, interests um, converge, okay? Yes, the company wants to do its very best for its employees and their children, but at the same time, by taking and educating those, they're helping future employees learn, you know, it become become, uh, you know, excellent at what they do. And, and we need more of that in Allegheny County. Unfortunately, we haven't had it. And I can tell you, our former governor, uh, Tom Wolf, was uh, AWOL when it came to going and competing for these large projects, you know, nationwide. And I think it's, it's extremely important. And I think it's kudos to you for saying that you want to be part, you want to be in your plan I solve. You want to be the chief salesperson For Allegheny County, and you've committed to going to over 100 companies here in the first year? Yeah, that's exactly
1: right, Sam. I mean, you've got to go get in front of the company that's going to create 1,000 jobs. And you've got to sell the advantages of Allegheny County. So, you know, one of the other elements of our, our plan here is to leverage the abundance of reliable energy in Allegheny County to leverage the water we have in Allegheny County. These are incredible sales points that we can go talk to companies about, and I will. I will be in 100 companies selling the advantages of Allegheny County, bringing their investment here, coupling it with the federal programs that are available. Mm -hmm. The opportunity is a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for Allegheny County. But let me just touch on the resources that we have. You know, reliable energy is critical for a company to be successful. And if you're in Texas, you're hearing about power grid issues. You know the power grid's been challenged in the summer with the the, the heat that has come through Texas. And you know there's times they're going to companies and saying you can't operate tomorrow. We, you know we need the electricity for the homes. Companies don't necessarily want to put themselves in that risk. If you're a company in California, or you're looking at California, you've got a water question. Will you have water or will the Colorado River be rationed? And in the months of August and September, you'll be told, you know, you can't operate. We need the water for other things. And so we don't have those problems here, Sam. In in, in Allegheny County, we have the ability to tell people, look, you have reliable energy that, that is in abundance and you have water, which is in abundance. And so we are in a great position. By the way, both of those resources are incredible job creators in and of themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, the the use of the natural gas under our feet, which is what gives us the ability to say we have reliable energy, in and of itself can create an abundance of jobs for Western Pennsylvania, Allegheny County in particular, if we are willing to leverage it and use it. My opponent has said she will ban fracking in Allegheny County, and I'll tell you, I am a passionate believer in environmental change. I am a passionate believer that we have to lead to change the the challenge that is in front of us to t- uh, tackle it and succeed through it. And the way we do that is we bring to bear what Allegheny County is capable of, which is providing natural gas to the world to reduce greenhouse gases.
0: Well, you know, you've just laid out the plan that shows that, you know, Republicans who are for the safe extraction and utilization of the resources that are underneath our feet are also environmentally friendly. Okay. And you know, years ago, I looked at this, I started looking into this probably a decade ago. And uh, every study that I've seen the country or the state that has the highest degree of economic freedom also has the cleanest environment. And that's because they're able to have the resources to be able to use, to clean up and protect their environment. And that's one of the things that scares me about your opponent You know, being uh, Allegheny County Council Member here in Allegheny County, I'm aware that we're building a $1.58 billion new airport terminal out at the airport without a single dime of county taxpayer money. And we're doing so by helping part of it is being utilizing the royalties we're getting from the extraction of natural gas on the airport property. It's not near anybody's homes. You know, it's not near anybody's schools but it's providing millions of dollars a year that allows us to service the debt on the bonds which are paying for the new airport. And she would take and ban this? I mean, it's just, it's, it's incredible. I mean, it's incredulous to think that this is somebody that's supposed to be, lead us, you know, into the, into into the uh, you know, the, the 2020s and 2030s. I, it just doesn't make any sense.
1: It, it It is scary to think you would put a big X over the biggest asset you have, as a region that can differentiate you from others. Uh, you know, I would say there are three things that happen when we make products in Western Pennsylvania that are environmentally advantageous. The first is we are making products with natural gas as opposed to, to coal. You know, when it's made in China, it's being made with coal. And when you think about that, that can be at times an 80% reduction in greenhouse gases. The second thing is, we make those products in the united states under the environmental rules of the united states which are the most stringent rules in all of the all of the world by the way i'm not even sure that china follows its own environmental rules but we know we will follow our environmental rules here in western pennsylvania so those two items they, they make the world a greener place because we, we do it and make it here. And then the third element is when we make the product in the United States, particularly in Western Pennsylvania, which has access to – within 600 miles of the population of the United States. We reduce all of the transportation costs of something being made somewhere in China, shipped to the the shore on China, shipped all the way over to our shore, and then shipped all the way over to the East Coast where it's put into a product. So those are three incredibly powerful environmental improvements. By us making product in in Allegheny County, Mm -hmm. we need to focus on making product not just for the jobs it will create, but for the environmental impact it will have.
0: Well well said here. And then when we're talking about jobs, you know, you hear folks across the country talk about how what we need are good paying, high wage, family sustaining jobs, okay? And manufacturing is recognized as being able to provide those. But yet here, one of the key components used in manufacturing, because manufacturing is an energy intensive process, You know, we have somebody that wants to lead this region and is absolutely against it. So, you know, how are you ever going to provide these jobs if you want to take and handicap the region by not allowing them to provide a key component, you know, to draw that investment in that manufacturing here? And and then second, you know, I talked about the airport, but what about our parks? you know we don't we don't let me clarify for any listeners out there that are that don't know this but we do not i repeat do not drill in any of our parks but there was gas extracted from underneath deer lakes park but through the use of horizontal extraction horizontal fracturing for with the surface wells off site not in the park okay but that has allowed us to invest millions of dollars in the 12,000 acres of county parks so that our residents and their families can enjoy the park system if we ban things like this nature how where is the money going to come from to be able to take and to continue to make improvements in our parks so that our families our children and our grandchildren will be able to enjoy them
1: yeah sam you know, we have to look as a county at revenue sources that aren't called taxes. You know, the the answer to everything can't be we raise the taxes on the homeowners of Allegheny County. And so, you know, what you just described, it's occurring under Deer Lakes Park. Um, you know, by the way, a mile or more under the park is how the extraction works, mm-hmm. Right. The drilling didn't occur in the park and the actual extraction process is a mile plus under the ground under the park. So having said that, that's created a revenue stream to Allegheny County, which will continue for 30 years, right? That gives us resources in the moment to help improve the park and, and all the parks, but also a continuous revenue source every year to allow us to maintain and improve other things, not just the parks when we do that. and You know, the county owns quite a bit of land, not just park land, but owns quite a bit of land. It is an opportunity for us to think about how we can grow the revenue streams, support the people in need in Allegheny County. And we have a homeless crisis that goes without saying is going to cost dollars to fix. Well, it would be better to have those dollars come from the resources around us as opposed to forcing our tax payers to
0: pay more. No, absolutely. And, you know, we're talking about this. We're talking about taxes, folks, taxes come or or our revenue comes from a number of sources, but taxes are a big part of them. But what happens is when you chase business away or don't welcome new business, doesn't mean your, your revenues aren't going to go up. Many cases they go down, but the cost of government doesn't go down. So it means those lost tax revenues need to be made up somewhere. And unfortunately, that's going to be pushed back on you, the taxpayers. And that's why we need to take and create an environment that's attractive to bring new business and investment to the region. So we broaden the tax base while we bring new residents to the region. So we broaden the tax base. We bring investment, you know, here.
1: So Sam, the Post-Gazette wrote an article, it was actually an editorial middle of last week about the homeless crisis in downtown Pittsburgh, and one of the points they made was that when you have a declining economy, when you have less jobs, when you have people moving out of our county, you are reducing the resources available, i.e. taxes, you're reducing the resources available to help those who are in need. And they pointed out, and I completely agree, that it becomes a cyclical just continuous downward turn. And it's impossible to get out of it unless you start growing jobs. When you grow jobs, you grow population. As you grow population, population buys homes, renovates homes, lives here and pays taxes into the county, into Mm -hmm. the school districts, et cetera. But they do it because they have found an economic future for themselves through the job. They want to be here. They want their home to be beautiful, so they work on it and they improve it. And along the way, they pay some taxes that help support the
0: rest of the services the county offers. And that gets back to what I said earlier in the show, where I talked about everybody operating in their own self-interest. Government, we need to just create the atmosphere so that the people's self-interest will provide us with the resources that allows us to address the challenges and the problems that we're facing. Now, you were talking about that declining economy in the Post-Gazette editorial, and you were talking about how it, it creates a downward spiral, and I started to think, you know, folks, of a commode, okay, a toilet, you know, and how we're circling the drain. But, Joe, you have an interesting story you were telling me before we started the show about you in a restroom here a recent Steelers game. You want to tell us about this because it ties into the buzz that we're hearing about you and your campaign. Yeah, so
1: Sam, uh, it's an interesting story. It's it's a Pittsburgh story, of course. Uh, yeah, I was at the Steeler game on Sunday, talking to a lot of people, of course, and. You know, when you go to the men's room at a Steeler game, there's a lot of people waiting in line, especially at halftime. And (laughs) literally a gentleman turns around and says to me, you're Joe Rocky. Like, surprised (laughs) that there I am standing there. and, And it tells me he's from the 20th Ward and he couldn't be more excited that I'm running and that he is going to vote for me. And then, of course... The last place you want to shake hands is in a bathroom. But but he puts his hand out to shake hands with me. And, you know, of course, I double washed when we got to the end. But having said that, um, Sam, there is a massive amount of enthusiasm. You know, as as you know, and, and I'm sure your listeners have seen, we came out with our first commercial a couple weeks ago. That commercial has been running continuously. Uh, this past week on Thursday, we came out with our second commercial. Uh, you know, these are commercials to tell people in the county who I am and what I stand for and and to start to introduce the challenges that we have, such as crime and the economy and the taxes question uh, and and to give people a clear view on what my position is. but it is working. I'll just give you one quick factoid that really uh, staggered me huh? in the first week of our first commercial being up, it was viewed 340,000 times on social media. Wow. Uh, So not just on television, not counting television, 340,000 times people clicked on it and watched it on social media. There's only 1.3 million people or so in the county. I'm pretty sure my sister in Charlotte probably watched
0: it once or twice, (laughs) but that's a pretty good percentage of people who've had a chance to see it. Well, that Joe, you, you brought that commercial up, and folks, you know, obviously this is radio, and we can't show you the commercial, but we can do the next best thing, and we can let you hear the commercial. So, Daryl, do you want to take and uh, make the magic happen here?
1: I've worked with Joe Rocky. He's a problem solver, and that's what Allegheny County needs. Joe Rocky has a plan for more jobs,
0: and that's good news for a small business like ours. Crime's out of control. Joe Rocky has a plan to protect our families. Rocky will fight reassessments so seniors can keep their homes. Joe comes from a union family. He respects working people.
1: Joe Rocky never forgot where he came from. We need Joe Rocky.
0: Well, they're absolutely right. We need Joe Rocky. And Joe, I mean, we talked about there, those folks were hitting on the key issues, the polls that have been done just by, not just by your campaign, but other third party organizations have identified is the key issues that are important here in this race, you know, crime and public safety front and center, you know, jobs in the economy and then taxes and infrastructure. So uh, great commercial here. I'll be, I got tremendous feedback from the first one that's been running the past couple of weeks. And uh, this one I heard and sent it to someone this morning and they, it knocked their socks off. They came back with nothing but positive reviews. So it's going to be interesting to see how this is received. And if we can beat that record of how many views we had in the first commercial with this one here.
1: Well, I'll ask all your listeners, uh, you know, forward it on Facebook, send it to your friends, share it with them. You know, you can get it off the The committees are all going to have yeah. it on, on and available. You know, spread it around the county because... This race is about telling people of the dramatic differences between a far left socialist who has said publicly, I want to make Allegheny County a laboratory for progressive ideas against myself, who you just heard everybody in that commercial. I know personally, they were speaking about their experience with me. And and so first off, thank you to all of them. I greatly appreciate you taking the time to be part of it. Um, but having said that, it is imperative that the county understand what is at stake in this election, what I am offering as someone who's going to be a problem solver addressing the many crises we have in this county and how I will go about doing it versus what my opponent is offering and how she will go about doing it. And I don't believe that anyone in this county really wants to be in a laboratory for progressive ideas. We're seeing a laboratory for progressive ideas occur in the city, and that's not working very well for us.
0: No, absolutely not. Now, Joe, for the folks that have seen your commercials, okay, or the folks that are listening to us today, but may not have known how to connect with your campaign to either sign up to volunteer or to take and donate, you want to tell them where to go to, to be able to help you.
1: Yeah, so I uh, ask you to go to VoteRocky, R-O-C-K-E-Y, dot com. Uh, you know if you get there there it'll lead you right to how to volunteer or how to donate uh, even if you just want signs uh, you know if you know, tell us what you want tell them where you want them and we'll get them to you uh, either directly or through one of the committees that are you know all throughout the county that Sam's done a great job of of doubling the size of here over the last year and so uh, you know we want to tell the entire county about this race we want to cause it to be a conversation. Historically, the off-cycle elections have not been heavily competitive for Republicans. I know that's a real understatement. Yes. <laughs> they have not been competitive at all. And so this one is, you know, and it has been, and we've gotten a lot of attention. We can win this election if we get people engaged, if we create the excitement that's necessary, and we appreciate anything you can do to help Again, voterocky.com. Uh, please jump on the team and help us
0: get there. Folks, it is extremely important that we do everything we can to help elect Joe to be our next county executive if we want to move Allegheny County forward. Because I can tell you, the county does have challenges. We do have problems. And I don't believe the Democratic nominee is prepared and has the agenda or the vision to be able to solve those. Now we're going to come back after the break. We're going to talk to Joe Rocky more about his agenda and his plan. And we'll talk more about why we believe he's best positioned to lead us into the future. Folks, we're going to take a break here. This is Sam DeMarco, your host on Elephant in the Room on WJAS 1320 AM and 99.1 FM Talk. Folks, welcome back to the Elephant in the Room on WJAS 1320 AM. Your host, Sam DeMarco, and we are joined in studio today by nominee or candidate for Allegheny County Executive, Joe Rocky. Now, Joe, in the first segment, we were talking a lot about your jobs plan and how you believe that that can help revitalize Allegheny County and provide thousands of jobs for residents here and for their children and their grandchildren. But one of the other issues that's been front and center, and I know that you have already come out, had a plan weeks ago that was introduced, is public safety. And we saw on the news recently the story about the man that was arrested at the, I think it was August 31st, was arrested at the Greyhound Terminal by folks from the just, excuse me, Attorney General's office with over 450,000 doses of fentanyl, enough to kill every man, woman, and child in the city of Pittsburgh, and some have said as much as 35% of the population in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. And he was released without monetary bail by a radical far-left judge, Xander Orenstein, who's supported by the same organization, the DSA, Democratic Socialists of America, that support your opponent, Sarah Inamorado. Now, I know that you've been speaking out on this. How did that make you feel to know that in your home here, that a guy like this is let loose back on the streets? Well, what's really scary about this,
1: Sam, is that we're hearing about this one. And this is outrageous to think that someone would have that much fentanyl and that the thought would be, we'll just let him leave, uh, you know, the infamous no-cash bail and just, he'll come back. Well, obviously he didn't come back. And, but think about, if that's the one that gets public, how many things, how many people are doing really bad things and being put back out on the street to continue to do really bad things. You know, I, I sit here very proudly endorsed by, you know, the the police unions, the city, the county, the state police, and the corrections officers at the jail. And, and those individuals are working so hard to collect the criminals and to get them out of our communities. And then you have a gentleman like this who literally just... Spins the person right back out into the community to continue the bad things they're doing that are putting our children, our brothers and sisters, our friends at great risk of harm because they're not doing their job. It is scary from every measure. It's unacceptable. And you are right. The Democratic Socialists of America were the ones who started Sarah's Plan. They are the ones who supported her and endorsed her in her first run for office. Mm-hmm. And they have been with her ever since, as they have this, this magistrate. And so, you know, when I say, as I said in the earlier section, she wants to make Allegheny County a laboratory for progressive ideas, letting someone out who had $1.6 million worth of fentanyl is a laboratory for progressive ideas
0: I don't want to live in. Absolutely. And and for our folks to understand, you know, um, the Democrat socialists, you know, in the far left fringe, uh, they're against cash bail or the use of cash bail. But in some cases, it's entirely appropriate. The man that was arrested, that was arrested at the Greyhound station, was from New York. He doesn't live here, but he was a drug trafficker. He was arrested with over nine kilos, folks, Nine kilos. He's kilo kilos 2.2 pounds. Okay. So he was arrested with, do the math, you know, uh, probably 21, 22 pounds. I probably failed math there, but hey, 21, 22 pounds of fentanyl. And anyone knows about that knows how even the smallest amount can be fatal. Now, to me, I'm outraged that this magistrate, this district judge, put this guy back on the street without bail. But I'm more concerned for the residents of Allegheny County because we lose, on average, two people a day from overdoses. And the fact that we were unable to use this arrest to try to take down that network of drug dealers that those drugs were intended for, how do we know that we'll be able to interdict the next shipment? You know, how many people may die because of the failure to hold this guy accountable here. And, and, and Joe, that's my concern. And that's what gets lost in this, okay? Um, you know, I'm a believer, I, I'm all for compassion, but I'm a believer that we give our justice system as many tolls in the toll box as possible. Like for example, I was looking into some research earlier this week and uh, the district attorney's office let me know that they get about 50,000 cases a year. But after diversion, diversionary programs, only about thirteen thousand end up proceeding to some type of you know hearing or court case. Okay. So we do a great job of providing compassion and steering people to mental health court or the drug court or veterans court to try to keep people who shouldn't be in the system or just you know just made a mistake, but we want to get them back on the path to being able to lead a productive life, the help they need. But folks like this, drug traffickers over nine kilos, and and I was watching Fox News yesterday, and they talked about the cartels cutting holes into some of the border wall and coming through with satchels of fentanyl and drugs. And this I just immediately popped into me with this. How do we know the cartels aren't involved here in Allegheny County? S- Sam, it's interesting where you have taken the
1: thought process because I don't think our socialist friends do, Right that they look at that individual that one person and you know we have to do what's right you know in their mind for that person so let's let him go and the reality is is it's the people behind that person the people who are going to be harmed by what that criminal is doing and leading to and the opportunity to understand who was going to receive that $1.6 million worth of fentanyl here in Pittsburgh to then distribute it into our community. Those are the people that you're talking about. We had a chance to kind of get and collect those people and stop the flow of drugs into our community. Mm -hmm. That was the opportunity that was lost because we didn't retain the individual. We let them go wherever they went. By the way, the same individual... He has outstanding warrants from from New York right. on some very bad things. And so how you let somebody out who's actually got other things going on, it the whole conversation. But if I could just, I'll bring it back to county executive because that's what I'm focused on. It is symbolic of what my opponent stands for. And, you know, we have got to run this county to be safe. If you go look at our public safety plan, without safety in our streets, without safety in our schools, our children won't learn, our families won't feel safe, people will stay trapped in their homes. Safety is at the top of the list of things we have to work on and get right here in Allegheny County,
0: and I'm committed to do that. Well, I know you are, but I also don't believe that your opponent is. And I say that, and I don't say that lightly, folks. I say that because, you know, I'm in possession of tweets that she's put out where she said, no juvenile should ever be in the county jail. But I can tell you, I checked into it, we have about 22 that are there. Two are being held for other counties' charges. Eight are in for criminal homicide. They murdered people. Two more are in for attempted homicide. One's in for rape. One, and the rest are in for aggravated assault with a firearm. Now, <clears throat> uh, these are juveniles. They're under the age of 18. But where would we put them? If we can't put them in jail when they commit these heinous crimes, where would we put them? Because last time I checked, she had also been against the reopening of Schumann Center. And and for folks to understand that the, these types of crimes, they would not be put in Schumann Center or you know, any similar type facility. These are folks that should be tried as adults, and that's why they're at the county jail. But you know what's happening is, under the one-size-fits-all policies of the far left, these progressive policies that have failed in every city or jurisdiction they've ever been tried, they want to take and introduce these things here and they will make us less safe. We cannot allow, we have to hold people that commit crimes accountable, and that includes smaller crimes. I'm not saying that someone gets the death penalty for jaywalking. What I'm saying is, if someone makes a mistake, they just need to be, they they need to be brought into the system to be taught that that was a mistake. And then you divert them, divert them out. But if there's no consequence to any of these things, then what's to stop them from moving forward into bigger and worse crimes? Yeah, Sam, look, you know, we all were, you know, we've all done
1: things in our life that, you know, we got away with and you did another thing and. As soon as you reached the point where you weren't getting away with it, you kind of recollected yourself and and went back to where you you rightfully should have been all along. And and so it's imperative with our young and those in our juveniles that, you know, we hold people accountable to what they did. We use diversion practices. I think that's spectacular that we do that. Um, You know, you don't destroy someone's life because they made one small minor mistake. But you don't let someone who has, you know, done criminal activity in New York, clear criminal activity in your county out on the street. It's, it's not in the best interest of the populace, which is what we're supposed to be here for. So having said all this, it's probably not a bad idea, Sam, for you and I to just talk for a second about the DA race. Sure. And and I'd I just like to tell everyone listening, you know, Stephen Zappala and I are locked at the hip on our, our thoughts and ideas around making western pennsylvania safe and uh, you know steven's opponent is very much like the magistrate who just lets somebody out his views and his ideas um, will actually make his name's dugan and his views and his ideas will actually make allegheny county dramatically less safe than it already is and so i, I will just take a second here and say I am an incredibly strong supporter of Steven Zappala, and I would hope that everybody on this, listening to this show, will themselves say, I've got to support Stephen as well, and i got to tell people how important it is that he get reelected. You know,
0: on that, Joe, we absolutely agree. You know, I've been a strong supporter of the district attorney. Do I agree with him on everything? No, but I don't agree with my wife on everything, nor, I can tell you, nor her I, okay? But uh, the point is, um, you know, the former public defender, uh, Matt Dugan is the wrong guy to put in charge of our, uh, to make the next district attorney and his policies were wrong. He supported 91% of his campaign has been financed by George Soros, his, uh, public justice and safety pack. Okay. Soros is the only contributor to that pack. And, and, uh, Matt Dugan received over $736,000 as of the first filing that was done May 5th. This, uh, you know i have interviews i have paper, excuse me going back i have uh, excerpts from interviews that dugan has done where he's talked about not choosing not to prosecute certain crimes saying that the district attorney has the discretion on which crimes to prosecute or not but yet dugan won't tell us which crimes he won't prosecute i have excerpts from interviews where dugan has said i quote We will never use cash bail in Allegheny County, okay? So this is a guy that's determined to take away the tolls that are available today and is leaving us in the lurch by not telling us what his real plans are as to what crimes he'll prosecute or not prosecute in the future. And all I ask, folks, is just look around, pick up the news, look at any jurisdiction in this country, anyone in which there's a Soros prosecutor, whether it be Portland, San Francisco, L.A., Chicago, St. Louis, New York, Philadelphia, Baltimore, any of these jurisdictions, and show me where they're not in chaos, where public safety, you know, I don't want to say is at risk. My gosh, I mean, it's under attack. Philadelphia annually is is breaking records for the most number of homicides and carjackings, okay? Folks, Allegheny County, I've always joked, we're a couple of years behind the times, you know, and meaning that, you know, fashion or culture that starts in New York or California takes a couple of years before it gets here. Well, folks, I'm glad that we're a couple of years behind the times because I don't want those failed progressive policies that have been shown to fail everywhere they've been tried to make it here. And you, our listeners, have the opportunity to make sure that they don't by voting for Joe Rocky and Steve Zapala on November 7th.
1: Uh, Sam, I, I could not agree more. I, I, it is a dangerous world we're in today. It will get dramatically more dangerous under uh, a Dugan uh, DA environment. That will absolutely cause more people in Allegheny County to be at risk. It will push people out of our county because people do not want to live in an environment where they can't be safe. We've seen what safety's doing to our city. We need to go and solve the safety problem, not double down on making it even worse than it is today. Right, good Joe couldn't
0: say it, couldn't say it better, you know. And and we we look at what's taken place here uh, under the current county executive, you know, decisions were made downtown to close the Smithville Street shelter, which had begun to become a problem. And why things became a problem here was under a former mayor, who was where it started. He declared city of Pittsburgh being a sanctuary city and instructed the police to be lax on drugs. And what's happened is that has allowed and attracted many of the folks that are homeless or that want to pursue that lifestyle that, that, that in which that interests them to come here. You know, it used to be going back, you know, years ago that our homeless were typically from here. And so you were talking about this the other day I heard, so uh, why don't you tell the story?
1: Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. If you went back to 2015, 16, before Mayor Perduto, uh, you know, did what he did, which was stop enforcing the drug laws and fundamentally uh, created an open air drug market in downtown. Uh, you know, most of the homeless in Allegheny County grew up in Western Pennsylvania. They went to high school in Western Pennsylvania, and that is not the case now. Uh, you know, the, the homeless in Allegheny County certainly there are still Western Pennsylvanians in the mix, but they're from New Jersey. They're from, you know, Maryland, they're from Charlotte and, and from Atlanta and they're here because they have access to drugs. And, you know, one of the things that we have to do is we have to address the drug sales. This isn't about arresting the drug user. They have their own challenges and we got to wrap our arms around them and help get them off of the addiction that they're on. But you have to stop the drug sale I will just tell you, as, as an individual who's worked with the homeless through the building of Second Avenue Commons, through St. Joseph's House of Hospitality, through feeding the homeless at the Red Door, I have taken time to understand and work with the homeless and bring compassion to the homeless. There is no compassion in letting someone overdose, period. And that's what we're allowing to happen. Sam, you said two people a week that are overdosing with fentanyl. Many of those people are the people living on the street. A week doesn't go by that some leader in, you know, owning a business in downtown doesn't say, you know, there was somebody found today in X street or on X block who had overdosed last night, and they are no longer with us because of that. That is not compassion. At least it's not the compassion that Joe Rocky has and that Joe Rocky will bring to this problem. The, it starts with you enforce the drug laws, and what that will allow is the individuals who are using the drugs to go give us the chance to put our arms around them and give them the, the compassion they need so that they're not continuing relying on the drugs as their only future.
0: No, a- a- absolutely. And, you know, Joe, you, were, you want to talk about this for a second. Uh, in your previous life here, your previous career, before you retired from PNC, you were their lead on second avenue commons and you talked about how before you pnc worked with upmc and ahn to build that facility that they sent a team around the country trying to learn you know what the best practices are what could what could you folks do to better serve those folks. You want to talk about that? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So I was PNC's executive lead on the building of Second Avenue Commons. By the way, they're a spectacular team from PNC and Action Housing and others that were greatly involved in doing the day-to-day work to make that building come out of the ground and create the operation that it is today. But it was an incredible learning experience for me. It was an opportunity to learn as individuals went to other homeless facilities around the country to find the best features that are necessary to bring that compassion I just mentioned to the individuals who would ultimately be either living there in the single uh, rooms that, that are there or would be coming in and out to leverage the services that are being offered by AHN in the building. And so it is it is imperative that we bring compassion It's imperative that we take the time to learn and understand the situation, which is what Second Avenue Commons gave me the opportunity to do. And, you know, a couple with that, you know, my experience at St. Joseph's House of Hospitality, which serves 60 men a night, um, is a chance to, you know, sit with people and hear their life story and understand what the challenges are for them today and the challenges that they had before they showed up in that environment. And it is that listening and that compassion that leads you to help someone to a brighter
0: tomorrow. Well, Joe, you know, that just <clears throat> jogged my memory here. I mean, I because I uh, work with you so much on this campaign and things of that nature, uh, you know, trying to assist you in your race here to become the next county kind of executive. I know a lot more about you, and I just thought about this. That many of our listeners do okay so for our listeners that may not have had the opportunity to hear you before or to learn about you before do you want to talk just briefly about your work background and then more importantly for me talk to them about your philanthropic background you know your involvement on the different uh, boards of these different charitable organizations here in Allegheny County
1: so uh, Sam I one of the things about running for office that I don't like is you have to talk about yourself, but I will do that. And so I, I actually say to people, you know, leaders don't talk about themselves. They talk about the project. They talk about the work that needs to be done. They talk about what we're going to do tomorrow to make things better. And that's who I will be as County executive, but I will honor your wishes and tell people that, you know, I spent mm-hmm. uh, 25 years at PNC and in many regards, what I was was a problem solver at PNC. You know, I, throughout my time there, I had multiple assignments. Literally every 12 to 18 months, I got a new job until ultimately I became the chief risk officer, which is fancy words for chief problem solver within the company. And, you know, as I moved around the company and did the many things I did, um, you know, it, it was about understanding the situation that needed to be changed and working with the people in that environment – to change it always with an eye towards our customer and I think that's what we have to do here in Allegheny County I think we have to understand the problems like crime and jobs we have to think about our customer which are the 1.25 million people who live in Allegheny County and we have to solve the problem through the lens of our customers the people of Allegheny County to make a better and brighter future for ourselves before PNC, I was an Ernst & Young. I'm a CPA. I, I could go on and on. But, you know, the short answer is, is you know, I, I describe myself as a problem solver. And that's the way others describe me as well. And that's what I would bring to Allegheny County. Now, to the stuff I well, do minute, like before, talking before, about. Before we,
0: before we go to that, you know, what's important for folks to understand is Allegheny County is a very large bureaucracy. The role of the county executive in Allegheny County is considered the most third most powerful position in the state. Allegheny County consists of over 750 square miles, a population of approximately 1.255 million people, uh, 7,000, up to 7,000 employees or positions as far as uh, employees at Allegheny County and a budget which exceeds $3.015 billion. So Joe, in your role, you have managed organizations of thousands of employees. You have managed budgets in excess in billion dollar budgets and this is something where you have the experience that your opponent does not. Yeah, so,
1: Sam, I have managed very big budgets, budgets as big as Allegheny County. I have managed teams, which are as big as the workforce at Allegheny County. And I've focused on customer bases that were bigger than the number of people who live in Allegheny County. With that said, um, you know, I, I don't come into the job without saying I don't have a lot to learn. But I also don't come into the job afraid that I can't learn what needs to be done and help lead Allegheny County to the brighter future we all want. So on the stuff I do like to talk about, um, you know, I, I was raised in a very challenged financial environment. And, you know, I'm a kid who grew up, we used food stamps. We didn't have a car for a lot of my youth. At times we didn't even have a television. So I've seen life through the lens of, you know, having challenges myself. And as an adult, I have focused on helping those around me in many, many ways. Uh, Just the leadership roles I've played. I've been the, you know, for 10 years, I was the president of the Ronald McDonald House of Pittsburgh. I've been on numerous boards, including, you know, currently Duquesne Universities, St. Joseph's Hospitality, the Little Sisters of the Poor. Um, I could go on, you know, if you go on the website, you'll see the whole list. But they are all items and places where I am bringing my skills to help those who are in need. And if you correlate the areas I have spent time on to the functions of Allegheny County, they actually correlate very well. If you think of the Kane Regional System, which is there to support the elderly in their final years to make sure that they are treated properly and that they have the resources around them necessary, Well, that is the definition of the little sisters of the poor. Mm -hmm. If if you think about, you know, taking care of individuals who, you know, they're struggling with their child sick and their child needs taken care of, et cetera. Well, the Ronald McDonald House is a place where families stay while their child is at children's hospital and getting taken care of. And so, you know, the interaction with those families teaches you the importance of taking care of children. And so I could go on, but there's a correlation and a passion in my heart to do what's best for people, and that is what I will bring to Allegheny County.
0: Well, Joe, while you could go on, we can't because we're running out of time because, uh, as usual, when we start talking and having these conversations, boy, time seems to fly. But I want to thank you for joining us and our listeners here today on The Elephant in the Room, and I want to wish you the very best you know, in your campaign. Folks, until next week, this is your host, Sam DeMarco, signing off for The Elephant in the Room on WJAS 1320 AM and FM Talk 99.1. Have a good weekend.